right, everybody. Uh, welcome to the episode one of the Photographer's Underground podcast. I'm Jonathan Corbett, and today I have a college student who has 14,000 followers on Instagram. He started his business when he was very young. He's already shot several one-on-one, excuse me, uh, one-of-one exotic cars. He is an accomplished automotive photographer, well-known throughout the state of North Carolina, admired by many, and he hasn't even graduated college yet. So with pleasure, I'm proud to introduce James well, Stevens. I'm excited to be here. I will say the uh, six years in college sort of extends my yeah my uh, buffer there a little bit. Yeah, no problem. Go ahead and uh, with these mics, you have to get really close. Oh, got you real close. Yeah, okay. Um, but anyway, I'm uh, really happy to have you as the first guest on the Photographers Underground podcast. Yeah, I'm excited. So uh, just to give a quick introduction of the podcast, what I try to do with all of this is uh, essentially I've been a photographer for about a decade now, full time. I've achieved some success of my own. But one thing I really don't see out there that I want to contribute to is videos out there on how to actually accomplish your goals within your photography business. There's plenty of tutorials and I guess influencers out there who are telling people how to do photography and some people telling you how to do run a photography business, but none of them have ever run a photography business themselves. They've run YouTube channels or they've run podcasts. And if they did run a business, it was only for a very short time before they switched over to something else. Um, so we're going to introduce and interview and speak with a lot of people who are not well-known but are successful uh, or finding their way to success to help people out there who want to do the same. Anyway, so sorry for that. I won't do it every time, but oh, uh, that's just to get everyone on the page, since hopefully this will be the first time listening to anything. Yeah, yeah, episode one. So anyway, uh, tell us how you got started in photography, and I would love to hear about you know, the first time you ever picked up a camera, kind of get started on yeah. it, and then take us all the way to... 2020. Yeah. So, um, my first experience with photography, my, uh, older brother, I got two brothers, we're all two years apart. And my older brother, uh, had just gotten one of those just little point and shoot cameras yep. and he hardly used it. Um, he went around and clicked it here and there. And one day we had this, uh, like cocoon for a butterfly or something that was hanging from the mailbox. My mom told me to get a picture. That was the only camera I could find. So I grabbed it and Figuring out just by trial and error, if I zoomed all the way in from further back, I could get blur in the background instead of being all up close. Smart. I got one shot like that and was just sort of hooked and thought I was a photographer (laughs) with a little bit of bokeh. But um, I immediately asked for my uh, Christmas present to be a camera that year, and I got a similar just tiny point and shoot. Um, Just sort of messed around shooting trees and bugs and uh, my little brother skateboarding and my friends, things like that. Uh, eventually got into my first DSLR, a what that was a T3i, Canon T3i okay. Rebel, um, and I had that for a really long time. Um, maybe a year into that DSLR was when I got into cars. I had never been into cars for the first maybe two three years. I was Did you like photos. cars yourself at all, or um, prior? No, okay. I had just just started getting into cars. Um, it was a brand new hobby for me. I had just gone to my first cars and coffee uh, locally and thought it'd be fun to take some photos of cars. So that's what I started doing was just bringing my little 
uh, Canon Rebel to car shows, taking photos of badges up close and anything I could. Um, How old were you when you do this? 12, 13-ish. Okay, wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very impressive. Wow. Um, oh, I was getting driven there and dropped off with my mom, or she sat in the parking lot drank right. coffee while I, I walked around the car kidnapped. show. Yeah. But um, then my next-door neighbor at the time, who was uh, a couple years older than uh, both me and my brothers, he had started a, a diesel truck group. And it was like three or four trucks at the time. They would go to the Kroger parking lot when they were open and call that a meet. But he saw a few of my uh, cars and coffee photos. And he walked over one day and said, hey, you want to come take photos of me and my buddy's trucks? And that was sort of my first private gig of sorts. Um, obviously, I was still 14, whatever, and just got picked up by them and they didn't pay me or anything. But that was my first time ever getting to set a car aside and just take photos of a vehicle. Um, and since then, it's just progressed and progressed and progressed. The more I got in the cars, the more I sort of dove into the photography of it. So that was when you were 12, and you're how old now? Uh, 20, oh, God, 24. 24. Wow, so yeah. it's been like a solid 12 years. And obviously, uh, this whole time, you haven't been necessarily professional. You're just a hobbyist. Of course, yeah. uh, And lots of times, people, like you were saying, uh, you get one good shot, and then you start thinking, ooh, maybe I'm professional. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, some people will dog Especially on that, but that's 10. exactly how all of us started. I mean, how else are you supposed to start? There's nothing wrong with that, you know? I mean, oh, you, you go, you take a shot, you think it's pretty good, then you're like, well, maybe I should. do more. Almost anything. Yeah. You strum a guitar right one time, you want right. to pick up guitar or anything, yeah. So a lot of people knock on that. Uh, I hear a lot of professionals say, oh, everyone with a camera thinks they're professional. but uh, And that's certainly not true, but uh, let's be honest, professionals were there at that point. Exactly. All professionals at some point were there at some point um so not to try to be uh, an elitist or anything <laughs> else like that um so tell us about your experience growing your business uh i know that you reached out to me about a year ago because you were studying entrepreneurship at a local college here yeah. and you're looking for someone to work under yeah and obviously since then we have worked started working together uh you're the first person i ever actually considered bringing on because <laughs> I get a lot of quirky emails from people who uh, think they want to be professional uh, or sometimes just people who want to learn what I do and then yeah. take off. Yeah. But uh, you definitely had talent. I've had lots of appreciate that. people reach out to me. You're uh, definitely the only person I really consider. And I'm so glad that uh, you joined. But uh, how did you get from being, you know, shooting just pictures of cars and coffee uh, and working with your neighbor to yeah. being recognized, you know, online, locally in the car yeah. community. It seems like everyone knows who JSP Auto is. By the way, what's what's your Instagram tag? JSP underscore Auto. Okay. James Dupin's photography. And you also auto. get, uh, you're getting into FPV as well, right? Yeah, FPV drones is a new hobby okay. of mine. And what's your Instagram for that? JSP FPV. Okay, underscore? Yep. Okay. Yep, I stick with that. And uh, that one's new, but how many, how many subscribers you got there or... <laughs> Uh, a couple hundred, four or five hundred, okay, maybe. Yeah. Right. My Instagram only has four hundred followers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. So tell us what it's like to be JSP Auto right now, uh, because obviously you're still a college student, but yeah. you're doing what hundreds of photographers in North Carolina would love to do. Yeah. Can you give them a look at what your life is actually like as far as <laughs> dealing with clients? Um, the good side where you, you, you know you have a cool shoot you have a Absolutely, great yeah. client you have someone who's fun to working with but also uh, 
the other side where you get a lot of people who don't show up yeah or yeah. you just fill it in from there well it's a uh, I will say there's something about the modern day and age where you get a, a K next to your name and people immediately what's a K like past 10k on instagram oh, oh yeah okay, once thousand. once okay. once you pass anything over nine thousand, you get a k next to your name but uh it, it's it's a ton of fun i get to do some really cool stuff i won't say it's as glamorous as some people necessarily think it is some right. people that i haven't met before but know my instagram will come up to me at a car show and they assume i'm flying to new york and california and florida and shooting supercars 24 7 all day for a living type thing which it's it's not necessarily that I get to do some cool stuff, um, some cool foreign exotics, things like that. But um, really, it's just a it's it's just a really fun thing. I love cars so much. Every single one is so unique. Everyone builds them so differently. Uh, getting to go out and like capture all of those details is just a ton of fun. Um, okay. And uh, tell us about a few times where uh, like some of the best experiences you've had shooting. Uh, some of the worst experiences you've had shooting oh, yeah. Yeah. and also what your average shoot is like because um, a lot of people in fact when you met me if you don't mind me saying this you said hey um, I'm studying entrepreneurship um, and when you interviewed you said you know I really enjoy what I do but as I'm getting older and as I'm getting close to graduating I'm realizing that the real world requires a lot more than maybe what yeah. the auto photography industry can exactly can give yeah so you're thinking about uh doing weddings or you're thinking about i mean you're still holding an option on the table where you weren't going to do photography you're going to just go oh, into something absolutely completely absolutely yeah um so tell us what why that was so like um, well, first of all, best experience, worst experience, and then the realities. Um, all right. Uh, best experience. So there's a few things. I mean, some of the more recent stuff, best experience just sort of comes down to a really, really cool car. Um, right. Getting to shoot uh, recently, a few months ago, I shot a, a an original 1966 Ford GT um, built by the, the only company that's certified to still work on Ford GTs and keep original chassis numbers. They're the people who manufactured all the cars for Ford versus Ferrari. So stuff like that's really cool. Um, there's other just sort of fond memories I have uh, that I think are cool and fun. One of my first real high-end shoots was a uh, SLS AMG Black Series, a Mercedes SLS AMG Black Series. And it was the first one shipped to the United States. Um, and I had met the owner at Cars and Coffee and shot another one of his cars. And uh, he was impressed with my photos and asked me to shoot the unveiling photos for his event. I was still 15 and I couldn't drive. So <laughs> I went and got dropped off at this man's party with maybe 20, 25 of his closest friends, very private and exclusive by my mom and her Honda Odyssey <laughs> and was just running around clicking photos. So uh, yeah. there's been some cool stuff like that. Um, worst experience. I was not having cool experiences like that when I was 15. <laughs> that was a ton of fun. Um, worst experiences. Let's make sure you keep close to the mic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they come in a variety of of things. I mean, you get bad clients. Um, I've had people who just pester you for a shoot. They want to shoot so bad, so bad, so bad. You finally lock in a time. They want you to drive two hours to their hometown to shoot some location they know. You get there, and then boom, all contact stops. They don't 
answer any texts, anything on Instagram, mm, no phone calls. Just ghost you. Nothing. Yeah. Um, it's happened more than once. Uh, that, I mean, obviously trial and error leads me to things, to forming things like requiring a deposit when someone sets a shoot. But uh, plenty of those things have happened. There's also um, instances of trying to find a location to shoot. Um, and so I use Google Maps before I shoot and I just scan. I try and match every car to a location that sort of fits it. Um, if it's an old classic car, I don't want it to be in some clean modern thing. It would be a grungy, more industrial area, right. things like that. And so I'll scan Google Maps. I'll find something that's really good. Um, I always go scope it out first if I can, sometimes out of town. I can't and I'm showing up with the client and the whole thing's just been leveled. There's just an apartment complex there now or <laughs> it just doesn't exist anymore. Um, and so oh, I, man. I always try and find backup spots, but there's right. definitely a few last minute scrambles. And uh, on the topic of location, sometimes you'll be at a location and something bad happens because of the location. I've been chased out of spots, very angry homeless people. And... Um, I, I feel t- like it's relatively... You told me a story where you actually stepped in someone's... That's where I was going, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I have <laughs> s- stepped in human feces during a photo shoot. Um, <laughs> I, I bet it was a good location, though. I, I, it was a pretty good location. Well, yeah. um, I put that more up to the town we were in uh, at the time. It's not a great town. Should we throw shade at a certain town? We, town we, I mean, it's our hometown. It's, it's, uh. it's Greensboro, North Carolina. <laughs> but... We were uh, behind. It was this. It was a pretty good location. It was yeah. like a uh, abandoned building down this hill with some railroad tracks that had a bridge going over it. There was a big puddle, so I had the car parked where you got a reflection yeah. of the car. You could see the bridge in the background. Um, obviously, there were homeless people that stayed around the area. They weren't there. We were shooting at maybe two in the afternoon, um, but I was just walking around taking my shots, and there was this sort of like pile of trash debris sort of like old building materials definitely a few clothes here and there but um i couldn't get far back enough for the shot i wanted and i figured i just i'd sort of walk up that a little bit maybe get a little bit of a cool angle and i stepped in i guess it was it was on a t-shirt and it just my foot like squished down and <laughs> yeah, it, my my shoe got pretty covered and and some human feces. Did you have some nice shoes there. or like were they like Jordans? Uh, they, were, they were just some sneakers, but okay. that was the that was the first spot of a two location shoot, and I just left my shoes there. I finished the shoot with barefoot. I mean, if I step in step in some dog poop or something, I'll try and clean it off and put it in the trunk. But if I step in another man's uh. another man's <laughs> crap, I'm, those shoes are gone. So that's a really good example between best experiences and worst experiences. Golly, yeah. you're yeah. lucky you don't step in anything dangerous either. You get yourself cut or pricked. Uh, or... Always got to be careful. I had my this uh, last weekend. I was shooting in Myrtle Beach, and I had my camera bag on, and I was holding my camera, and I was walking out on a dock shooting a car that had pulled up to the water, and my entire loop of my shoelace caught in one of the boat ties. Okay, I thought you were gonna say someone tried to steal your stuff. Oh no, well, possible there too. But um, yeah, that tripped me up, and I was I was pretty close to going myself, full equipment, everything. <laughs> into the water gosh dude but, um you just got back from mustang week too right yeah, that's what that was so that mustang was pretty wild you shot Beach. how many shoots in like three days it was 13 13 booked shoots in three days yeah, goodness that, was, that, was that is what i'm talking about um well done and uh i mean when i got started too in photography i the first the first photo shoot i ever kind of ever did that i was kind of trying to take seriously uh was shooting my own car um 
shooting shooting automobiles is not easy. Uh, so, <sighs> and you, your Photoshop skills are second to none. Either. <laughs> I like, appreciate it. Uh, not only your technical ability to do the thing you're thinking of, but the things you think of to do are super creative. Uh, yeah, it's uh, I people ask me about it a lot, and I get a lot of DMs about train me how to shoot like you or teach me how to edit like you and no chance. <laughs> I I not even that I never had any sort of formal training it's everything that I do is just things that I have picked up over the years of what looks better and what doesn't and what photos do better it's and the best what doesn't way to learn. and exactly and so that's my only answer to people now is when they ask for tips is I say just go go try just go yeah. play with stuff that's the best thing to do um you know, I have no technically formal training myself, yeah, even though I've, uh, you know, got a success for myself. But uh, th- I have since then, you know, bought some training courses or gone to some like workshops. And at all these places, you know, they'll, they'll show you a few things, but everybody, the best teachers always tell people to just go out and shoot. Yep. Just go out That's and try. It. That's all you can um, do. So some people think, you know, there's some special YouTuber they haven't found or uh, somebody they need to subscribe to or some camera, yeah. some piece of gear that, that, that once they figure out, they're just going to all of a sudden, it's, it's nothing. Yep. It's none of that. I mean. Uh, do you remember? I don't. There's some really big YouTube channel. He's the He was the guy with the the big fluffy black hair that had the I shoot raw. Oh, uh, um, Jared Poland. Jared. Fronos. Yep, Fronos Photo. Photo. There. Dot there. Com. That was the uh, only sort of. I guess training I ever yeah. had, and super really, branding, and, by the way. He has great branding. Really, the uh, the only training I got from it sort of just led to the same thing. Right before I got my first DSLR, I had started watching some of his videos, and I heard him. I I don't know if I want to say crap on, but he sort of put down shooting in anything other than manual, and so before I got my first DSLR in. I knew I was like I, I have to shoot manual. Like I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna be caught shooting anything else <laughs> and shooting in raw. And right. so I wish I could find it, but I took a little notebook and I filled out seven or eight pages of notes off of his videos of how to shoot manual. And then once mm. my camera came in, I did nothing but play with it from there. I didn't watch any sort I mean, of cameras are super fun to play with. Exactly, too. exactly. Yeah. You just shoot the same shot, but change every single setting and see what it looks like. And yep, you learn. Um. All right, so tell us, you know, about a year ago. I think things have changed a lot for you, actually, in the last year you've been working with me. And um, I don't know, I didn't really teach you anything, but just seeing me able to work and also, uh, I don't know, I I guess I'm a little bit stricter, a little bit meaner with um, the way I approach business. I don't know. Um, Take us from before a year ago to the last year. Uh, what are some common experiences you had and then um, some things you've changed that have really helped? Because you said in the last year, things have gotten even better than they, than they were. Yeah. Um, I just really, I think, and I mean, thanks to you a lot, I've sort of approached stuff with as much business mindset um, as I can, just in every aspect possible, mm. which has definitely helped pick up things um, a little bit. Um. Do you say no a lot more than you used to? A bit. Okay. A bit. Because Th- I thankfully I've been saying no for, for a while. <laughs> okay. Um, 
but but all around um just in a whole different variety of aspects of how to talk to clients approach them really how to market to clients and attract them in the first place and and, Um, attract good ones yeah yeah yeah. um i guess that's definitely something that's progressed Mm -hmm. in the last year and as far as uh what he was saying about business too i love photography i know a lot of times people will will take a look at my work or they'll ask me what i do and i'll tell them you know the kind of shoots that i do and people are like oh that's not very creative or um you know that's not very impressive i could do that or i could do that with my iphone it's just that uh i worked with someone before uh jeff amberg which we should have on the podcast Uh, he reached out to me on social media saying he would love to be on here we'll see if we can make it work out um but jeff amberg is a phenomenal photographer down in columbia south carolina i'm sorry if i'm um i guess this is i tell this story a lot so i know this is like episode one but maybe i've mentioned this on another video on my youtube or something but um one thing he noticed when I was working with him was he said, Hey, Jonathan, you're super into photography. You're asking me all the right questions about photography, uh, and editing and that sort and lighting and that sort of thing. But you haven't said a single thing about business. And the truth is back then I didn't think about business yeah. the way I thought about photography in a way, a lot of amateurs or beginners think about photography and being a professional photographer is, you just got to have the right aura around you. You have to have the, the right quality. And then people will just love you for it. Yeah. I, and they'll come and they'll be easy to work with. And they'll be and they'll refer you to all their friends yeah. automatically. And everything will just, just work out for you. The, the, the doors will just open. Yeah. That has never been the case for me. And it's not the case for 99% of the successful photographers I meet. Exactly. You'll find some YouTubers that have these stories like, oh, you know, I was, I used to work at a camera store and I snapped a few photos and I, and I uploaded them online. Next thing you know, you know, Calvin Klein is calling me and they, it's like, that doesn't happen folks. No. Yeah. That's not the real world. Exactly. And that, that's a good point of what you made, like sort of with the iPhones of no iPhones. I mean, Obviously, we know, and I'm sure most people watching know iPhones can't take photos as good as a true right. camera. But the fact that they can take good photos means there's there's so good enough. Photos. There's so many good photos out there right. that you have to have the business side too. Right. You can't just put out something with nothing to back it business wise and think that's going to glob on a million mm-hmm. people, a million dollars, and you're going to write it because right it doesn't happen anymore. <laughs> yeah. Maybe back. I mean, when film was just starting to really pick up and or digital, no one, yeah, yeah, no one really knew how to uh, get into a dark room themselves and everything. You could get creative with it. And if you mm-hmm. figured out something no one else could, then yeah, your photo alone, someone will recognize it. Yeah. Call you to New York. Boom. You're famous. But now you have, uh, what is, are, is, is the, are there a trillion photos on who Instagram knows? now? I have no I, idea how I'm, many photos are on Instagram. I, I can't imagine. I'm not a huge Instagramer. Like you're the you're the Instagram king here. But back just and that, ask you a lot just of that for it. an example. Just that yeah. for an example. There's there's so many photos now. You got to have the business side too. Right, and that's what Jeff Hamburg was telling me because when he said, he, what he told me is, okay, you, you haven't thought or asked me anything about business. It's all been 100 percent photography. If you want to make it as a photographer. You had to think 80% business, 20% photography, mm-hmm. which actually 
I loved Jeff. I really did. But there was like a, a solid week or two where I really didn't like him because he told me that. Because I, I was really all about the photo. I was, yeah, the I, was I always side. felt like people who, who, who th- thought too much about business uh, were really just corrupting the photography uh, and they were the what's wrong with the industry yeah. and, and that kind of thing. But the more and more I thought it thought about it, maybe I considered he was right. And I asked him about it and he's like, no, what I'm saying is you've got to go out or this is, this is what I interpreted as him saying, you got to go out every day. You've got to take the 24 hours you have in a day and devote every single minute to being the best photographer you can then be four times better in business. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that sounds impossible, but that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah. Um, so it's not that you're lowering your photography in order to be some scam artist. Yeah. It's that. No, you have to have. You've got to be that good at business. Yeah. And I think it's also important to note that it's not like to do photography. You have to do that. It's to survive as a photographer if you want to be a photographer and truthfully if you just want to go out and take photos we could expand that to to almost any industry exactly yeah yeah Yeah. um it's not just photography it's any small business any entrepreneur any self-employed person any uh freelancer Mm -hmm. graphic design artist plumber electrician whatever yep um all right so tell us then about how you do what you what you do you know you don't have to give away you know the uh, industry secrets necessarily but um what are some of the basics that you feel would be super helpful um that a lot of people don't know about like let's say how did you get to fourteen thousand followers on instagram what are some of the things that you do when you post that you've got to do because the truth is a lot of people say you know you don't have to hack the algorithms you don't have to do these things i personally believe and hacking the algorithm if you can like <laughs> if you can yeah that's yeah. pretty it's uh, there's definitely no one secret sauce or hack to it but mm. you can definitely set yourself above what most other people are doing um and so really the simplest way to boil it down if you want to just cut all the fat off is the more engaging you are the more engagement comes back to you so the more you post the more i mean just statistically the more likelihood people on that app will see your post the more you comment on other people's posts the more you like other people's posts that's just more chances for your name to be out there for someone else to see your name and come back so that's a really big factor of it there's also other um more technical things you got to make sure you do just like hashtags and tagging people um now Let's not just brush over the more technical things because that's what a lot of people get confused about. Um, what are, what's this, is there a secret recipe or? Oh, no, it's just making sure you do things like that. Just making those, sure you do it. Yeah, yeah, okay. those are really Kind of like investing. Exactly. Right. There, there's a million people who want to have a million followers and then they put up a photo and they have some very uninteresting caption and one hashtag and that's all. Instagram doesn't cap you on hashtags till 30. So you don't necessarily have to hit 30 every time. I don't certainly every time. But if you want to grow, you got to make sure you post with some hashtags. Right. Same with tagging people. How many hashtags would you say you use on average? Um, 
probably between 15 and 30. Okay. Um, it, it really just depends. So you do, you do do hashtags a lot. And how yeah. do you, where do you get your hashtags? Is it just from knowing the platform yourself and knowing your audience? At this point, I just literally every single time I post, Copy I just, and paste. I know I just start coming up with what I think is most relevant to the post. Okay, so, so you still do, because a lot of people oh, yeah, would kind of just there's, get lazy with it. There's like websites where you can look up like top hashtags and stuff. And I did that for a little bit and it was somewhat effective sometimes it would sort of land me a little bit more engagement than Mm -hmm. usual um and then i'm not sure what it was that changed it but those just like plummeted i started getting like one percent two percent engagement on 30 hashtags i'd use okay that's really bad yeah Yeah. (laughs) so i was like all right i'm not i'm gonna stop doing this okay Um, so those don't work anymore i guess not yeah yeah and so recently i've just been I just come up with whatever is most relevant. If I'm posting a Mustang, it'll just be Mustang, Mustang GT, Ford, Ford Performance. Do you post a lot about your location uh, as far as, you know, like Greensboro, North Carolina, USA? Not, not that. whatsoever. Okay. I, I tie every location into some sort of relation to the car or the caption. Just, okay. It's more pleasing to the eye for people. You've got a few brands um, reach out to you as well. Um what are some of the companies you've worked with? I know you you landed ad uh, ADV one. Okay, um, which is well, very nice. They're uh, yeah they they bought a set for their sub brand Weld Wheels. That's your most recent um, one, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's probably uh, the biggest by far. I've worked with a few detail. Um, yeah, a few detail supply companies and done their product photographies and some action shots for them. Um, yeah that's it yeah commercially um um apart from car photography would you say car photography represents the majority of what you do because you do um i've seen a little bit of weddings in your portfolio a little a few people headshots that sort of thing yeah cars are definitely i mean I'm, i'm still open to shooting anything i still advertise that i shoot anything cars are just my biggest market and what i quote unquote specialize in um when I talk to someone, I'll tell them that I specialize in automotive photography, just since that is 90% of my portfolio. Um, but I have shot a handful of weddings, uh, headshots. And you can certainly shoot weddings. I mean, you've got the talent, so uh, I mean, you know what you're doing. They are stressful. <laughs> I they agree. They are stressful. <laughs> I am not a fan of shooting weddings. I'm not a fan of shooting weddings yeah. either. I may end up doing a lot more weddings uh, actually uh, later. Just because. you do. But, um... Uh, you know, I've shot a few weddings before I've gone more commercial myself. And it's just that uh, I was pretty new when I was shooting weddings. But when I started doing commercial, I immediately did not miss weddings just because I realized, man, there are professionals out there who really respect and appreciate what you do, who are ready for shoots when you get there, uh, who you don't have to explain things yeah. over and over and over again to. Yeah. Uh, who have confidence in your ability and let you give you warm. I mean, I could go on and on about reasons I would choose to shoot almost anything else besides weddings. There's something about that one special day that just factors into so many things. Yeah, I do get that. It makes sense by all means. Right. Oh, yeah, just everything. Like, I've only had um, one ever time I lost a whole bunch of 
data and it was right after <laughs> it was right after a wedding <laughs> and that Did you was, have the uh, father of the bride kind of like uh, that was behind you with a gun absolutely terrifying and it was that was actually one of the coolest craziest things i can say that happened with my instagram was i had a pretty big following at the time and i i had a hard drive that just went bad completely lost everything on it there was two or three car shoots and a wedding a full wedding and i was freaking out i had taken the hard drive to a data recovery specialist they cracked it open and said the model was so new they had no parts that they could recover from so they had to wait three months so it was a new it was it, a new hard drive a too brand That's new hard drive. it wasn't an ssd though that was when i learned uh, i didn't know about ssds until ssds now. aren't uh hor- i mean uh, aren't invulnerable either but uh, uh way less <laughs> but um <laughs> Um, crazy, crazy. So they couldn't recover anything, and I didn't know what to do. And I had posted about it on my Instagram, just asking anyone, do you know any data recovery specialist? Do you have any ideas mm-hmm. of what I can do with this specific hard drive that's gone bad? And one of my long-term followers, who I've never met, he's, I think, in Chicago or something like that, messaged me and said, hey, man, uh, I just had a dream. I just woke up from a dream that, I had a hard drive with a bunch of photos on it that I lost and I couldn't recover them. So I did a deleted data recovery file off my SD card instead of trying to save the hard drive. You should try that. I downloaded a free, it's like reCAPTCHA or something program. Dude, that's I, weird. Hold I, on. Before, I got back before like, you get to that part, <laughs> let's just rewind this. <laughs> the dream. You had a follower. <laughs> tell you about a dream that he had this is some like uh what's the what's that in the twilight zone stuff i was thinking inception (laughs) yeah like (laughs) some weird i i don't know he had the exact same situation i was in but thought in a dream yep in a dream and thought because he's not and it worked in real life and it worked in real life i got i think it was like (laughs) i think i got 3800 of 4100 photos back I was missing a couple like prep shots of of the bride getting ready. And did you ever it. get your car photos back too? No. So you didn't care about the car photos though, because oh, the weddings. Well, I, you can't I, repeat. I I cared about them, but not nearly as much as the yeah, wedding. Yeah, because you can't repeat a wedding. Right? One one of those that was actually pretty bad though, because one of the car shoots I lost was it was two one of one cars <sighs> that I drove eight hours to Maryland to shoot. Ah. Uh, thankfully, off of the like the teaser photos I had shown them, the owners were so impressed and then upset at the lost photos they ended up driving in north carolina to redo the shoot they drove yeah. their one of one cars there most most two, people won't put miles on their one of ones I like think that they trailered them okay. i think they trailered them i mean but they but they still made the drive down here but it was right. a two one of one gtrs um i love me a gtr yeah, yeah and i've kind of grown cool. i've grown past my gtr phase though now i i feel like Same. i love them for a time but now i'm getting older so they have they have their purpose in the world but yeah not not my purpose um now where do you think you get most of your business from uh obviously you're a whole lot on instagram if if instagram's the answer then it's it's definitely just through instagram now do you once you have a presence on instagram obviously that's how you got your start is a lot of that next from Word of mouth. Word of mouth. Yep. So at this point, obviously, you, you still get leads through Instagram. What would you say percentage-wise, Instagram versus um, referrals? Um, Probably 60% referrals, 40% someone finds my Instagram. Um, I 
chalk a lot of that up to the fact that people who I shoot locally refer me to other local people. Right. Whereas I have a bunch of people from all over the country and the world find me on Instagram and they're in no geographic location that I can realistically book something with you them. You could. Well, I, you just have to yeah, yeah. start traveling around, get that brand where yeah, you, you know, yeah, I'm an international start like, going to, you know, like uh, Dubai and yeah, oh, yeah. shooting some Absolutely. 14K, Absolutely. Uh, 24 karat gold Lamborghinis, you know? <laughs> that would be nice. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, Instagram and word of mouth are definitely the biggest. Um, Mustang Week, for example, I went down there with seven shoots booked and then left with the 13, and the additional ones were all simply word of mouth. Hmm. They were all just other people um, who knew someone else I had shot, figured out I was down there, and wanted to shoot because they, I had been recommended to them. Nice. Um, so yeah, word of mouth goes. We're doing thirteen way. shoots in a few days. That's you know over a thousand dollars of photo shoots. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean that's very good money. Yeah, especially for a college student. So, well done on you, sir. Oh, I appreciate that. There are a lot of people who, like I said, who would love to be able to do what you do. Um, hmm. Now, I really agree with the idea that uh, you know forty percent. I've been on Instagram for a little bit, but I have found personally that in my experience from getting a lot of business through word of mouth, I would say like 90% of my business comes through word of mouth from doing a good job for clients and then referring to other yeah, people. Yeah. And that isn't because I don't advertise or make myself known on social media. I'm actually uh, pretty good at social media online. I've got search engine optimization. I'm on the front page of Google for certain keywords in my area. I really am the I'm on the front page, uh, not um, not because I've got cookies and history yeah, that yeah. shows me uh, yeah. result, results of our search for. That's not it. Um, and even though you know I get a lot of traffic to my website, the majority of my stuff comes through word of mouth. I've also been on Instagram and I've pushed Instagram pretty hard, but in my experience, out of all the ways I try to get leads for my business. Um, Instagram is the worst quality. So I'm, I, I know think, that it can work for some people, yeah, I think but it, in my experience, I, I think just, it's very content specific. Mm -hmm. um, people, car people want to see other cars and yeah. they care about other cars and they're really interested in other cars. It's, it's no different than, I mean, scrolling through Instagram for a car person is no different than going to a car show. You're just going to see a whole bunch of different makes and models and different cars all over and that's what you want to see if you primarily shoot things like weddings or commercial spaces that isn't that doesn't really have the same community you know on social media as like the car community on right. social media is huge the the skateboarding community on instagram is huge the drone community on instagram is huge and people are actively taking their time when they're bored when they're sitting on the toilet when they're doing whatever they are <laughs> they want they want yeah. to see that content uh wedding photographers i mean there's definitely some big ones on instagram but i'd say your average wedding photographer is not big on instagram or pushing it or heavily because the local people that they're shooting that's not what nationwide Instagram people are really interested in. Right, and I agree. And one thing I'd like to kind of point out is, and I know we've had a conversation with this in the past, but 
what I love about a lot of the emails I get and a lot of the phone calls I get is that when someone calls me who's talked to me or never heard of me, I mean, obviously they heard of me, otherwise they wouldn't email me, but they've never done work with me. They don't know what I offer or anything else. They're just, they just got my information yeah. to call me. They're calling me to book. They're emailing me to book yeah. or to get an estimate because they're ready to shoot and they're just looking for someone who, who, to do the job. Yeah. A lot of the Instagram DMs and everything else I've gotten are, it's just like, it's like very impure raw material that oh, I have to like refine and absolutely. refine and fry. And I found that it's such a waste of time, such a waste of energy. And lots of times I'll post up some great content on Instagram on what I'm doing, uh, sometimes how I'm doing it. And sometimes I just feel like I'm giving business away because I'm, teaching someone who's a wannabe photographer how to do stuff in my industry yeah which is not exactly what i want to do um and i'm not getting any business from it or if i am it's like very little business yeah. and i get plenty of dms from instagram people who are like hey man love your stuff i would love to do a shoot with you and then they i send them a reply yeah pretty quickly yeah you know and by quickly i mean a minute or less yeah and they don't respond yeah. or they I, flake out yeah. or and I just found that behavior is so unique on Instagram. Yeah. I mean, even Facebook is a bit better. There's You got to do some filtering by all means. Like, I mean, half of my DMs aren't even about bookings. They're just people asking how to do this or where's this location or mm -hmm. what lens do you shoot this, or what camera do you have? Like right. so many <laughs> things like that. But but I think it just still goes back to so much about what it is, right? What it is you're shooting. I mean, I don't even. I, I, I'm not a bragging point, but I'll I'll even call myself an Instagram photographer because that's what I'm shooting for most yeah, of I would the time. Not, I would not consider that a flex. No, exactly. No, it's not really <laughs> a flex, but it's where I get business and it's what it's people like, want. So, right. I, a lot of my business is people who have a personal car that did something new to it, or they got a new car and they want to show it off on social mm -hmm. media and I take photos that look good on social media. And so that's why they book me. Yeah. Whereas someone who is selling a house or someone, someone who's just scrolling through Instagram is probably not thinking about selling their house or who's going to shoot the photos for their house or anything like that. Whereas they see a bright flashy image of a car that's the same model they own. All of a sudden they think I want that guy to shoot my car. Right. So they see it there. They want it there. I'm there. They booked me there. Whereas for something like commercial photography, that's just not where the market is spending their time. Like, mm -hmm. so it's a, it, it's a, it, there's pros and cons. There's, there's definitely pros and cons. There's definitely it, yeah. pros and cons. Like you said, I do, I do a lot of filtering. There's a lot of BS. Yeah. I just, I guess, um, the leads I generate are so good at this point. Yeah. Dealing with Instagram for me is just like, uh, oh, and that's another thing too with real estate is a listing comes and then it goes yeah. and then it's gone right. forever. Whereas even if I'm shooting the same client's car, at one point it's this color and then it has this wheels and then it's lowered and now it's a new color and then new wheels. Right. And so it's something that's a progression good, good. and goes through. Now, um, speaking of instagram stuff and i don't mean to burn instagram here i yeah. just i just really am i'm actually trying to help a lot of people because a lot of photographers who want to get legit if you will 
um, with their photography will go to Instagram and they'll spend a lot of time there and they're surprised because they'll have a lot of people who, and they get discouraged because they have a lot of people who flake yeah. By flaking, I mean they'll act like they want to shoot. They'll even schedule something for you and bail. Um, or they'll not get that much attention. Or they'll they'll get a lot of attention, but they won't convert into a paying client, mm-hmm. which is what you need to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that's actually incredibly common. Um, in fact, we had a conversation, one of the first conversations we ever had together and not mentioning anyone in particular, but we'll just talk about people in general. Yeah. People who have like a hundred K subscribers. Yeah. Who scrape by who scrape people. That's, that's another very, very simple way to boil it down is people think followers convert to money and it doesn't. Yes. It can convert to business by all means. It can convert to business. What do you mean by it can convert to money, but it, it, but it can, you you'll get business from it. What do you call business? Because traffic, you're recognized. You want people who want to book you, everything. But because what I would know, call business, if you don't know how to turn it into money, I mean, if you have a hundred k, you're gonna have someone asking you for a shoot multiple times a week. If yeah. you don't know how to convince any one of those people how to pay you more than seventy five dollars, you're not making money. Well, see, I wouldn't call that business. I would call that a waste of my time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah. Because business to me is like, hey, let's sit down and have an exchange of goods and services. Oh, yeah. Right? They, it, that, well, that's, and then that's, that's you know, one, somebody's getting paid. and That's people's 80-20 mindset of business versus photography. Right. You have and to then have the business other too. people are just posing. Oh, or, yeah. Or exactly. Pin- and you, you told me specifically about some people who had over 100K subscribers, maybe even more. They were shooting... Uh, super rare cars they're shooting like billionaires in their private jets and they were making around ten thousand dollars or less a year it was 20 but 20 still thousand yeah. dollars less a year i yeah. mean you can't survive no. off that no it's and the saddest part no. is you're obviously surrounded by money and mm-hmm. not you but some of these people were not converting it into money don't know how to yeah. and the reason don't is to cut a long story short and what we were discussing is because they're so concerned with getting likes and tags and followers that they're willing to shoot it for free, for free. yeah and when we had this conversation i can still remember it, it was before the pandemic and everything we were sitting in chick-fil-a and i had to get up from the table and like walk outside <laughs> and just come back and be like you're telling me these people have gotten access to this client pool that would drop 10 grand in a second to have someone wrap their car. Mm-hmm. Right. But they don't know how to prove their value as a photographer. But they're too afraid to say no if they refuse to pay. Yeah. It's, it's common. Like, it's incredibly common. And after I saw that, I was like, it, this has to be unique. This has to be just North Carolina. This just has to be Charlotte, Greensboro area. Then I started getting on Facebook groups like car photography, automotive professional photography, and all these things. And I see it just infuriated me. People doing Facebook lives on their cell phone, talking about how to do automotive photography, 
how to do car photography and saying, hey, I've been doing car photography for two years. I still shoot for free. Yeah. And I take a look at their work because you can like kind of stalk people on Facebook yeah. by clicking on their profile and seeing them as they're doing a live. And it looks like I'm not going to rag on these people because they actually do good yeah. work. Yeah. They're just giving it away for free mm-hmm. because they they just fold at these the first sign of awkward conversation, yeah. uh, a potential, you know, <sighs> uncomfortable price quote yeah that they're just too afraid to give so the truth is when they're when people are having the situation it's nobody's fault it's not the industry's fault it's not the customer's fault it's the photographer's fault it's not professional photographers it's not amateur photographers yeah it's their own fault for being in that situation and still it's because they don't have the skills they they don't have the guts yeah. to demand what they're worth. Yeah. And the truth is, it's like, oh, well, you know, like you've told me some DMs you've gotten that <laughs> is just incredibly entitled. Like, hey, man, uh, got this really nice, you know, limited edition uh, yeah. car of some kind. If time. you want to shoot it, I'll let you. Yeah, all the time. It'll be, I, I will have never seen this person in my life. I don't even follow them, and they'll reach out to me first and say, like, hey, man, if you ever want to shoot my car, like, you're more than down. Like, feel free. And I'm like. <laughs> yeah, I hear my rights. Huh? What? <laughs> like, where did you come from? <laughs> yeah, and, and they're kind of insinuating, like, oh, absolutely. I'll let you. Yeah. Right. No, Sometimes I'll just say it straight out. No, that's what, yeah, that's what they'll say. They'll be like, yeah, if you ever want to shoot my car, like, I'll let you do it. Just let me know. And I'm like, I don't. It's crazy because, uh, I, I mean, I deal with a little bit of that. But if I were to tell another one of my clients about that situation, my client would be mad for me. Yeah. Like, how dare – give me their name. I want it's, names, you know, so they can just dox them online and have the whole Twitter mob after that. Not really. It's, but, it's uh, such an interesting – concept but I, I i i don't know like i don't know what how how you could relate it to something else but it's just it's so inconceivable that people just the thing is it's just the problem with it is that you have so many people who want to be photographers so bad yeah yeah but don't know the first thing about business it's it's like literally walking into a mcdonald's and just like telling the people behind the counter like hey like do you know who I am? Like, like you want to make me a burger? You can. <laughs> like, you can. Like, All right. You make me a burger and expecting it. Like, so expecting let's get, them to want to. <laughs> so let's like, get the brass tacks here. You want. Hey, there's some people who, who do that. You know, I mean. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially pretty people. You know, like, hey, I had a friend like that growing up. The sad thing is he would he was so good at flirting. He would literally get free movie tickets almost every time I we went to the movies because he didn't want to pay movies. And that. And I'm not kidding you there. Uh, he Save had some, some swag about him. Anyway, some swagger. But um, getting down to brass tacks here, what's the difference between you, someone who gets 13 paid shoots in a few days, versus someone who's been doing photography at good quality for two years shooting for free? You put it 
you said it pretty much earlier. It's just learning how to say no, <laughs> standing your ground. Okay. I mean, I, I I get I get as many people who aren't willing to pay me as someone who's been shooting for two years and never offered, never tried to charge before. Like, there's a million people who don't want to pay me, but I just say no, or <laughs> I'm not going to, or yeah. I give them my rates, and that's that. And now. Uh, to quell some of the fears out there, when you stand up for yourself, how often does it convert to a paying, uh, a paying customer? It's hard to say. All around, probably fifty-fifty. Okay, fifty-fifty is pretty um, good. Yeah, probably fifty-fifty. Um, the ones that do might take a little bit of convincing. Usually they'll hear my rates and then That's they'll, just sales. they'll be yeah. apprehensive and then they'll ask something like how many edits they're going to get back. And once they find out they're not getting five, then they don't bother anymore. But mm-hmm. you get a ton of people who you mentioned rates or payment to, and then they just disappear, <laughs> never come back. But uh, occasionally you get the people that try and argue with you and you know, the, Oh well, my brother, my buddy will shoot it for free. It's like, okay, okay go, go, go do, do it. it then. You asked me to shoot it, not not them. There's probably a reason for that. Yeah, and there's a, there's a big reason why people. Uh, I see this all the time on like Reddit groups and uh, uh, Facebook groups where people are like, you know, they're professional yeah. photography groups, and a photographer posts up, "Hey, uh, here's a text cap of me and a client." And um, the text is essentially saying, yeah, well, I don't understand why you charge that much when I can get another photographer for doing it for half or free, right? It's just like people don't realize that, okay, if they could, why would they why, be calling you? Yeah, why, why didn't you go do that to begin with? There's really? a reason they're calling you. I, and it's, I mean, people, re- some reasons that people don't think of is, one, maybe they have shot with that photographer before. And they aren't as good as they seem to be. Yeah. Or they don't deliver the images fast enough. Or they're absolute jerks to deal with, like super pain. Yeah. I, I personally have a competitor in my local area who's so rude to his clients. Like, there was a year where he was so rude. I'm not sure if he was going through a mental issue or what. But probably the 25 to 50% of the leads I got that year were for some from clients who stopped using him because he made like he were, he was making people cry on the shoot. Literally two clients of mine said, yeah, my last photographer made my client cry. I need to find a new photographer. I don't know if I've made that many people cry in my entire life. <laughs> How, uh, what do you do to do that? You're not that? married yet. No, just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I don't even know how you just walk into someone's house. Like, yo, this is, like I, like your house is terrible. <laughs> I, don't I don't know what don't, you can do. I, I don't know what can possess you to make multiple to be in cry. any situation where, at the in, at the outcome of that situation, someone's walking away yeah, crying. That's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. But uh, so anyway, getting back to the point it, is, people need to realize there may be someone offering to do it for yeah. seventy bucks or or less or nothing. I don't know. The point is. Let them go if they want to use that. Mm-hmm. Let them go. But you don't. Like. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't offer you. Plus, here's another thing that people are like are going to be surprised that people don't. I th- I don't think usually think of. 
that photographer might not exist at all. They're just lying Mm -hmm. to you. They're bluffing in order to see if you can lower your price or do it for free. Yes, people do this. I love it. I had someone, speaking of DMs, I had someone DM me the other day, asked my rates for a shoot. They said all good and then asked if I would lower my price to give them all the raws and let their photographer mom edit them. Like that's the more expensive option, not the least less expensive option. I've had clients. What? I have had clients try to negotiate. Uh, excuse me. Negotiate. Uh, excuse me. Woo. Negotiate me down, and I know for a fact what some of my competitors' prices are, yeah. and they'll tell me, "Yeah, well, I know that your competitor only charges this much," and I'm like, "Okay, well, I know you're lying. Yeah. You know, I don't tell them that I know they're lying, but I know they're lying because I know what my competitor charges, and he doesn't charge that much." So yeah, it, there's some weird stigma with just people in the world and and arts nowadays that there's no value on it even when i think it's so funny that like someone else can literally have something offer something the talent of something that you do not have mm-hmm. and yet you can't put it there's no valuation on it for him like you can't cook yourself a five-star steak, so you go to a steakhouse and you pay someone to cook it. You can't align the tires on your car, so you go to a shop for someone that has the equipment to do it. You can't take photos like this. Someone else knows how and has the equipment, but paying them is just... Yeah. I, I, it's there's absolutely a stigma where... I saw it first. You don't pay photographers. I saw it. It was the best example I've ever seen. Uh, not too long ago, I was... I was I'll, I'll leave out as many details as I can. Um... I was with someone who who does car drawings, like the very, very detailed, almost looks like a photo car drawings. They spend 20 to 15 to 20 hours per drawing. Yeah. And they were with me shooting a car. Um, I'm shooting the car and I'm telling the client, hey man, these are gorgeous. They're going to make some great prints if you want anything. Um, it's my friend who does the drawings. And so I said, oh, he does drawings too. Yeah. Um, if you wanted one of one of these photos, it'd be awesome. And the car owner was like, oh, let me uh, let me look at some of your drawings. The guy pulls up his page, pulls up his drawings, and the owner was just blown away. He was like, holy crap, man, these are amazing. Like, I have never, like, my sister draws some cars, but then nothing looks anything like this. Like, these are so good. I have never seen this before. How much for a drawing? And the guy goes, oh, uh, start at 250 for a 8 by 10 Yeah. And the car owner goes, whoa, what about a family and friends discount? <laughs> and and I, I bit my tongue because he's my client, but I was just like, you just met this guy. You are neither a friend or family. Like, you, you literally just saw something and reacted so genuinely. You could not hide how much you, you liked that product, had never seen it before, and want it. As soon as you hear a price tag, now nah, it's got to be less. Yeah, and I guarantee you, uh, this guy would not think twice about dropping five grand on some modification for his car. Either. I'm sure. I'm uh, sure. Yeah. And I, and I understand. You know, I understand. I love cars too. I've got obviously absolutely. some cars in the back of me behind right now. But um, I, and I'm, I'm not expecting anyone to right. pay me ten grand for a two-hour photo shoot of their right. car. But like the fact that some of these people just automatically think it has to be zero dollars or nothing because it's something artistic, like. It just blows my mind. Right. It blows my mind. But uh, I just want to get it out there that, um, listen, folks, if you do not look out for yourself and demand value for yourself, 
nobody else will. Just stay on your ground. That's, that's yeah. yeah. And the industry's not going to help you. The uh, YouTubers aren't going to help you. I'm not going to help you. You've got to be able to walk into a situation yourself. Know, believe that you're worth it, first of all, which is one thing. But even if you don't believe that you're worth it, you've got to stand your ground and say, hey, I really appreciate you uh, being nice about it. Uh, and that's uh, another thing. I was gonna you, say, you don't get an argument. Put that it's, on. It's kind of like judo always where you take, you take their attack yeah. and you just roll their energy. You use their momentum mm-hmm. and politely turn it right back yeah. at them. Never get uh, into some Instagram, Twitter, DM battle with anyone. That that <laughs> especially because they'll screen cap it. Exa- exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was gonna say, even if you're in the right or think you're in the right, it's never worth and it. And it's just, amazing the types of manipul the, the the manipulative tactics and the the like outright hostage, <laughs> like they'll try to hold your reputation your reputation hostage. Uh, uh, what do they what do they call that when they uh, just um, try to like destroy your character? What libel or slander? Yeah, just yeah, they yeah. threaten slander, all yeah. sorts of stuff. Uh, just to try to get you to do free work, and it's like yeah, I run an Airbnb, uh, excuse me, a short term rental, like a vacation rental as well, and it is absolutely wild. Some of the times when people say, "Hey, I see in your rules, you don't allow pets or you don't allow but, events." Um, you you willing to make an exception for me? They have, have like pet no reviews. They just joined. <laughs> it's just like, hey, I really appreciate it, but no, I can't do that. And then they're they get mad. Yeah. When it's, you say no, I I don't know what goes in the people's head because that goes back to like bring it into a, a normal everyday business. Like, are you just gonna go fill up your grocery cart with stuff and go to checkout and just. I'm 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 feeling a senior discount today. <laughs> well, sir, sir, you're 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 in your mid twenties, but, but you can help me out though, right? You We're can friends. help me out. Hey, what's though, your name? Right? What's your name? Yeah, Jessica. Friends and family friends, discount, right? right? <laughs> like I, you don't. Same thing. You don't break your car or go in to get an oil change and just expect it for free or a discount off the blue. Like I don't know what it is about certain certain industries, but but just working around them is all you can do. Yep, the, they'll the, always be there. Yeah, you just yeah, you're gonna have to say um, all this to point out that it's normal. Yep, it's common, mm-hmm. and it's not going anywhere. So if you want to be a professional photographer, exactly, and you it's can do be fine. something you have to deal with. You can do fine with it still being around. Yeah, you can work around them. Um, all right, now that we've thoroughly explored that topic, um, what are some other things you think uh, you know you'd really like to speak about? While we're here, that's like the main thing I wanted to talk Man, about. I, I'm I was telling you beforehand. I'm not all that interesting. I, <laughs> I take people ask what I do. I take photos of cars. You take really cool. I do photos of cars. I mean, is, people is. can say. I mean, have you ever heard that uh, the thing where it's like explain, like in the most boring way, what you do for a living? Like, <laughs> don't try to yeah. play yourself down. Like. You do really cool stuff. Uh, you, you're about to get a. You were in a wreck recently, which is which you, oh, you, know, you yeah, got scars. I was, I was in a wreck um, recently. What car are you going looking at and getting? Obviously, you had to say goodbye to the Ford uh, Focus the Fiesta. The I was fo- below a Focus. <laughs> I was below a Focus. It wasn't like the. I was in the. It was my grandfather. He's uh, 94 and can't drive anymore. Well, you had a Panther before that. Yeah, I did. I did have a Grand Marquis. This is a pretty. Um, but and my, I'm so glad you sold that because I had this guy rolling up 
when he was doing some shoots for me to my clients and my clients were talking like I had one client literally call me and be like, Hey, um, I really like your assistant, but, uh, I wasn't very comfortable and I couldn't get him to admit why, <laughs> but I knew it was your car, dude. I, that thing looked shady AF. Yeah. Well, it, lo- it looked like a drug dealer. That's the <laughs> only way of putting it. I loved it though. I loved it. It was parked outside of my uh, family friend's house back in uh, yeah. Raleigh one time in a very, very fancy like golf course neighborhood. And we were all having oh, dinner gosh. and, their neighbor across the street texted them and were like, Hey, are you guys okay? <laughs> Didn't know if you know about the car out front. <laughs> the first time you pulled up with my house, I was a little bit like, Ooh, because I was so impressed with you over the phone. You sent me your portfolio, and I was like, Oh uh, man, this is the guy. And then when you pulled up in that car, I was like, Oh, the driver did not fit the. No, the driver did not fit the uh, car. Uh, fit the but, car. But, but I, I was, was in the I was in the Fiesta for a little bit, and my yeah, my grandfather's ninety four, can't drive anymore. He had like an eighties Corolla that finally died, and he was getting a new car, and he was so mad because he did not want to spend any money on a car at all, just yeah. coming from his Great Depression era, and his, one of his stigmas was he didn't want he didn't want any car that had power windows, had to have. You're talking about I didn't know this Your Ford Fiesta Didn't have power windows No it did Because He couldn't find A single new car With okay. rolling windows I was gonna say But <laughs> But with that whole mindset that he, he picked the Fiesta I was in With right. that mindset So it was It had no cruise control You couldn't lock The brights on Which so seems, you had to hold the brights You had to hold the brights If you wanted the brights on There's just like Two speakers That doesn't cost thing. Any extra money It's just at, right. It's just a switch that just literally a latch that would hold it. But yeah, that thing was absolute base of the base. I will say, I I like it more after the crash. I always I always <laughs> crapped on that thing. You don't have you don't know what you have until it's gone. It, it, it's hatchback. Not, not even that. It just it was way safer than I thought. That thing had way more airbags than I thought. Yeah, for people who don't know, uh, I drive a WRX hatchback. I used to not drive a hatchback. Now that I've gone five door. I'll probably never go back, especially for daily I'm driver. Going hatch again. Yes, it's not an interesting one. It's but the it is way. A hatch. No, it is. If you're doing a daily driver, if you can get something with a little bit of umph to it, that's great. But uh, yeah, man, there's, there's no umph in the new car. <laughs> but it, but it's a hatch. Right. Um, Did I? T- I don't know if I told you. It's a. I'm getting the HRV, a Honda HRV. Yeah, you're yeah. deciding between the Impreza and yeah. the HRV. Yeah. Honda's good. Honda's really good. Yeah. You'll, yeah, that uh, the the Impreza. I would only problem it. you'll have with a Honda is that you're not going to get another car for a long time. Ever, ever. <laughs> I le- I just learned something very interesting about Honda, which is obviously the the job of the salesman to spit out things that sound good. But I did not know the Honda dealer told me Honda does not sell to anything commercially. They only sell privately. You can only buy Hondas as a private consumer or a small business. They have no fleet vehicles. Were you on Were you on uh, Windover as a Honda? No, I was in the one in back in Raleigh. Because I know a salesman. But uh, he just pointed out little things like even the absolute base of the base models, base of the base trim. I'm getting cloth seats, base of the base. Your dash, your armrest, your steering wheel, and your center console are always leather. Just like little things that you touch are just because they don't have to chunk out. 20,000 enterprise rentals. So Toyota and Ford and Chevy get these Fiestas and Yaris's and Chevy mm. Sparks that are just like the absolute worst plastic. Everything's yeah. terrible. And so, I mean, it's not much. It's still a 
Yes, 20, it's still done. a $20,000 Honda. It's not right. new off the lot. It's not a fancy car, but just like there's little things. I didn't. I never realized, though, that Honda mm. has no fleet vehicles. I've always liked Honda. I've got a, a friend one time who had a Honda Element, and we were removing some stuff for him. And uh, I was surprised how many things we could fit in that Honda Element <laughs> and all the secret compartments. The Honda Element has have. tons of compartments. Yeah, it's just tons like compartments. they, they remove the floors yeah. and there's like an and extra foot of space. Isn't that the one that had like the, the plastic floors and everything yeah, yeah. so that it could just never get dirty? You right, just like right. hose the whole thing yeah. out. Yeah. I need to clean That's my car, awesome. by the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would have loved that impressive though. But the, actually really the only thing that turned me off of it uh, happened to be the history of the car and my history with detailing. You know I worked at a very high-end yeah. detail shop. Right. And this had a very minor accident on the report. And so not nothing about it, whatever, but I asked the guy the details of the accident. And he said it was a very, very minor accident. It got bumped, and there was a scratch on the bumper, so they replaced the bumper. And as soon as he said that, I was like, they replaced the bumper? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, that's seems a bit extreme and he was like no they just wanted to be sure so they replaced it and i was like well i i worked at a shop where we fixed that and if you had a scratch you fix the scratch yeah for a hundred dollars you didn't replace the bumper what that sounds like to me is the bumper got hit hard enough to get cracked right so no people will lie to you too oh absolutely plus here's the thing when you're negotiating on a car because you know i used to sell cars yeah um did you have haggle prices all these dealers now are moving away from it. Honda just told us that they have, they're not doing any sort of haggling anymore on any used cars. They still want new. It's probably because consumers have. It's in the last six months. They said they went to one price. There's nothing else. There was definitely haggling. There's so much haggling. Huh. The whole, yeah, I the whole street are going away from it. Yeah. Uh, well, the problem is people are probably so sick of the dirty <laughs> trash dealerships do. That's what you told me. And I can tell you plenty of stories. In fact, I will when we have Basilio on because Basilio is coming on. Um, he uh, worked at a car dealership with me. Um, actually, trained me how to sell cars and stuff, which I'll was be interested to hear that. One. He's a really good guy. Yeah. But the store we were at was probably your average car dealership. Yeah. But man, they pulled some nonsense. Oh, I'm sure. But when you're negotiating <laughs> with that, uh, a great point to hold is like, I don't care how bad the damage was; it's on the Carfax. Yeah. Oh, so exactly. if I ever tried to resell this, yeah, it would ruin the resale value. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So was, I'm not yeah, paying that was as much thing for too. it. I was like, if it was a light scratch, that doesn't really show up on a Carfax either. Like, yeah. there's no reason to report a light bump and right. a scratch to Carfax. Right. But all said and done, we'll be in another hatch. Yep. Now um, you're graduating this semester in December. December. Yes. Then uh, after that, you plan on working with me for. We'll see. You're welcome to stay as long for as you while. like. We'll be happy to have you. Yeah. Then you want to move out west. Out west. If it's still there. If it's, it hasn't burned up entirely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, um, uh, man. But you know me. Well, I know you're against heat, too. We hey. love the cold. Was that my computer? I think so. Okay. Love the, love the cold. Um, Snowboarding's great. My little brother in Denver, they got three inches of snow. Wow. Yeah, like a week ago. Gosh. It's back up to, like, 60 now. But still, like. Yeah. We're not getting snow. I have no idea what my computer's doing. Oh, I don't know. Dad. Is this Discord? Probably Discord. Anyway. Um, but yeah, gosh. If, if it hasn't burned up, I plan on going Colorado or Utah, I think. Do you have any tips on um, your editing process? Do you do a whole lot of editing 
post or did you get it a lot in camera oh, done right? Oh, it's oh it's post. It's post. Yeah, it's post. I, used to I mean, my it. my photos are. Let me hold on. Let me yeah, take care of this. Good. You're good. Watching some uh, Edward Snowden um, on Joe Rogan on my computer. Over I there. mean, my the the raws aren't bad by any means. Yeah, they they're it's the raws you'll get from a DSLR. They look better than an iPhone and stuff. But the amount that I that goes into post, there's a lot that goes into. I've post. seen your before and afters. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's one in particular shot that I was really impressed by, where you took a shot. I think of a BMW. I love BMWs, and uh, there was a freeway. You took it underneath a freeway oh. bridge, and the and the bridge was kind of curving. Ha- Kind of in the middle of the photo. Yeah, that the was a Mustang left. shot. So, yeah. oh, the Mustang shot. Yeah, that was, that well, was I remember the, the I remember the road. Sorry, I'm not a fan of Mustangs. <laughs> like, I know a lot of Mustang people are out there, and you're like, oh, you'll alienate your audience. I don't want anyone with a Ford watching my. If you went excuse to Mustang, me, a Mustang watching my. If you went to Mustang week, I think your opinion would vary slightly. They're, they're, they're no, I'll tell you why. Because I would have also met the drivers, and they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah you like my no, Mustang? They're awesome. They're awesome. <laughs> I stayed just, at I stayed at a house with all Baltimore guys. They're very. I think I think it's more North Carolina Mustang drivers than it is Mustang and South drivers. Carolina Mustang drivers. Okay, and South Carolina, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but no, I have I have been. You know, I lived in Europe. The domestic like American cars are pretty rare in Europe. Yeah, but there yeah. was a few Mustangs that I that I saw. Mustang drivers in Europe are the same ones that we have over here in South Carolina, North Carolina, oh, dude. Good old boys. <laughs> love it. Absolutely but uh, love it. but um, the uh, where I mirrored the. Yeah, so you, so you yeah. Just, you just mirror the freeway and it met yeah perfectly yeah. symmetrical shot is gorgeous. Um, just try layer stuff like that. Uh, it just sort of learned what people like, what they don't. I had edited the whole photo with one with the freeway going over it, and I thought that looks pretty good. What are some like, things oh. you would say are must edits that you've got to do that people expect in an automotive photograph? Like, like specific shots or like things I know, to do two edits like i know like for example you don't want reflections in the window yeah. so you use a circular polarizer yeah right a, a cpl is an absolute must you okay. cannot shoot a car what, like a cpl so if you were shooting real estate like i would like i would tell you dog like man you got to get your vertical straight right yeah that's our industry expectations absolutely what are some industry else. expectations for cars hmm. um this i wouldn't even say it's hard to say industry expectations because like the CPL is a must. Because there's a lot of people. Because I mean, if the clients are setting the expectations, then a lot of clients have pretty low expectations. Right. What I would say, but I kn- I know the point you're trying to make of what is what is a must to make something look good. Mm-hmm. I would say a uh, a CPL. Um, that that's what it was. Is color accuracy? Mm. A, a lot of photographers, a lot of people will hire photographers to do good work, and it is clean, and there's good light, and there's good contrast, and there you have good foreground elements and everything. But it bothers me so much when you don't accurately depict the color of the car. Yeah, and so I haven't had. I mean, a few people have mentioned it. I I'm not gonna attest my following or success shooting cars to that, but that's something I have always sticked by very, very strictly, and I think it's done me quite well. Right. Of whatever you're doing, shoot it at sunset, 
shoot it broad daylight, shoot it cloudy, nighttime, whatever, but make the paint look as accurate as you can to the paint in Absolutely. real life. Um, so CPL. You, do, you, do you use a gray card? No. Yeah, I, I no. find the auto white balance is um, just fine. Yeah, and I just will do things like a, I'll, I'll scroll through the Instagram of the car or I'll look at my cell phone shots of it and just get like as accurate of a color in my head as I can right. remember to what it was. Now, do um, you ever use HDR systems or anything like that? Um, rarely. I'm usually a one exposure mm-hmm. shot. Uh, there are certain cars or locations where... Or situations. Yeah. yeah, where the reflections are just so bad or someone's paint is just so bad. Like, I'll, sh- <laughs> I'll shoot a black car where... Where if it's a black car in direct sun, where anything where the polarizer catches right looks jet black, and then where the sun is hitting or something, it just it literally looks like someone spray painted a spider web, like uh, just everything. And so then I will um, get out the tripod and I'll do multiple exposures with the CPL when mm-hmm. I'll HDR them or overlay them or something like that. Do you use external lighting at all, or are you all natural light? All natural available light. Um, yeah. I have done some artificial stuff and i want to get more into it um it's becoming more and more popular mm-hmm. uh especially around here there's some guys you can really get some cool more more, shots yeah. i know I, I think i've introduced you what was his name lars jepson yeah um yeah. he does some really cool stuff with external lighting and yeah, he did a lot of commercial work really cool stuff so i, I definitely want to get into he that shot for that same. race car driver who lives locally what's his name the guy with the mustache richard petty, richard petty yeah yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm not a big NASCAR guy I'm, or, I'm or not, sports guy. I'm not either. I have shot for a NASCAR driver, though. Really? Who's, I, uh, is it a KSA? He, oh, yeah, Cody Shane Ware. Okay. He's not like a super, well super top of the, yeah, top known guy, but uh, I shot his uh, sports bike. Okay. Well, so that was cool. Another cool thing. What I other stories do. do you have that you forget in your boring, <laughs> oh, so boring shooting for NASCAR and, you know. Lamborghini one of ones and you know is this anything anyone else ever he does? Like honestly, I'll be going Jeez. to do my shoots some days and then I'll then I'll open up my Instagram and I'll be like, oh look, uh, JSP Auto up, updated a story. Don't you want to see? So I'm like, sure, I'm bored and I'll look it up. And you're like shooting Ferraris and I look at what I'm shooting. And it's like speaking single of, wide. Yeah, speaking of tomorrow, <laughs> what are you shooting? Two Ferraris. <laughs> you jerk. Oh my! Oh, thanks for reminding me of that. Okay. What that. time, by the way? Uh, sometime in the afternoon, evening. Okay. Later afternoon, evening. The guy's real flexible. Um, All right. So he said, just let me know when when I'm done. But we'll try to get our work done then. Two uh, black, two black Ferraris. So that should be cool. Very I'm nice. excited. They're not red. Um, love red Ferraris. In- interesting fact: red does not do well on Instagram. Interesting. Uh, I know Ferrari. Um, sorry. Um, at Foreign Cars Italia, I was speaking with him one time. No, I was no, I was just in the, <laughs> I was just in the showroom because I like looking at cars yeah. there sometimes. Oh, I and uh, one of the executives or one of the managers was just furious with one of the employees because they had ordered a yellow Ferrari, huh? And they were pissed because they're like, like they're using all all types of curse words like really loud for everyone in the showroom to hear like. He was just chewing him out purely to embarrass him. It's like, why the heck did you order a yellow Ferrari? Yellow is a Lamborghini color. I bet you I idiot. Who, but I know who the salesman was too. <laughs> I know a salesman there who has specced just the craziest. He never does red Ferrari. Like he got there's one coming in that's like matte black with green carbon, 
and stuff. Interesting. Yeah, he goes crazy. That was probably the guy that got yelled at. That's funny. Yeah, I'm not sure I'll buy a yellow Ferrari either now that I think about it. Is this like, I I'm saw a white, they have a white Ferrari out in front right now on their little, it looks. I like Ferraris and almost everything but red. Not Ferraris I, are growing on me. Red. Um, I just, there's so many red ones. This will this will be controversial for your following. Uh, what's your favorite car? <laughs> He's like, can I say this or do I have to be well, play neutral? Well, favorite car can go a lot of ways. Just outright favorite car out of anything. Okay, a hundred grand or less. Hundred. Oh God, what would you What would you buy? Hundred grand or less. I'm buying. That's gonna be a C63 AMG. Okay, Mercedes. Mercedes, yeah. okay. Love AMG. What the fuck that? The uh, new ones, man. I tell you, factory boosted cars are terrifying because of the extra power you can get out of them. Right. They limit them so much, and so you can go pick up a eighty-five thousand dollars C sixty-three sedan, four doors, put your family in the back, do downpipes, exhaust, tune, run like. 660 to the wheel. We are living in an interesting time, too, because it just seems like you can't really buy a bad car because because no, all the things Power is so accessible. Out. I just saw something posted yesterday. It was like a dealer tag of a uh, Charger Hellcat that was doing 96-month financing at 28%. And it was... I'm. D- they're just whoever walks in and says I'll give you twenty dollars a month is going to get seven hundred and seven horsepower because that's what that. No, I mean twenty eight percent, ninety six month. I don't even. I don't even know how that's possible. It is I mean, that was, that's, that's, that's an unheard of. I don't know what lender would lend that. I I don't know. And twenty eight percent interest. APR. Annual percentage rate twenty eight percent ninety six a month. <laughs> You're paying for that car four but, times, but that, maybe five times at least. This is why Mustang <sighs> drivers have the stigma of crashing now, and you see so many Challengers and Chargers crash and stuff. Is because can't because, because they're offering these crazy financings to, with with modern power. I mean, twenty twenty muscle cars are putting out six hundred plus to the wheel. Now you got these dealers that are financing them for a couple hundred bucks a month to any Joe schmuck that comes in. <laughs> of course, there's going to be a lot of crashes. Yeah, yeah. When any 22 year old is oh able to finance gosh. a brand new Mustang GT, they're going to crash it. Yeah, it's, oh. it's, it, we live in a crazy time. We live in a crazy time. I'm really excited for the uh, Tesla Roadster too. Yeah, that's that's going be. to be. Is there any update on timeline with that? No, Elon Musk, you know, bless his heart, he's uh, a lot going on. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Plus, he he kind of recognizes what's good. He does think of like the greater good, and he's prioritizing the truck because he he feels like that's gonna more needed for the people, more needed for the earth. Yeah, kind of oh, by all means. Dumb reason, in my opinion, but uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> it's I, a good reason. I think you'll yeah you'll do you'll do more for the earth, replacing every. Truck. Iron block pickup. But it's really interesting seeing how cars. many other car manufacturers too are bringing out electric vehicles. I mean, I keep you seeing like to. can't compete now. Yeah, gotta have it. Yeah, mm. it's, it's crazy. All right. Well, uh, I think if you don't have anything else to to uh, say, well, hopefully all the audio works out and uh, nothing went wrong with the uh, video. Yeah. And uh, we can get this uploaded. I didn't hear it click. Yeah. 
So we got it done in one uh, one go here. All right. Well, uh, if you want to go ahead and throw out some, um, you know, I guess, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Promote yourself here. Promo. Yeah. James Stevens Photography. Um, JamesStevensPhotography.com. On Instagram, I'm just JSP Auto. My drone page is JSPFPB. Both of those have an underscore after the JSP. Um, Check me out. I hope you like cars. Uh, a lot of car content, a lot of cool cars. All right. Yeah. Dude, thank you for having me yeah, on. Thank uh, you. Or excuse me. I guess thank you for coming. Uh, Sorry, yeah. I'm not <laughs> on the podcast here. Well, thank you for having uh, me on. And uh, if you guys have any questions about it or uh, if you want have some ideas, this is episode one. I will be responding to everybody's comments down below. I'll also be um, posting this stuff onto a lot of places that I think don't have comments. But I'll, I'll try to reply to whatever you have. Uh, if you have any ideas, feel free to uh, share those ideas. And uh, also, don't forget to you know like, subscribe, follow, whatever platform you're on. We are going to be doing this hopefully weekly um, with new guests. We'll have you know some new guests, but also some repeat guests over the years. Oh, yeah. um, I would love to come check in in a while. So uh, just like, comment, subscribe, follow. Do all that, and uh, thank you for watching the first episode of The Photographer's Underground. All right. Thanks, man. Awesome.